The legends are true. But overwhelming power! The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of Wickdonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece Nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at Wickdonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. And now I have a new fear, and the fear is going home and going back to routine and living normal. And like I don't want to do that. I just want to keep going. <laughs> to the Budget-Minded Traveler podcast, your source for the everyday inspiration and practical tips that make international travel accessible to everyone. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. We are kicking off a new series today and I have a feeling you're going to love it because you already know most of the voices that you're going to hear throughout this series. Um, If you remember about 10 episodes ago, we were doing a series featuring people who had big travel plans, but they had not started them yet. And the idea was that we would catch back up with them later to see how it went or how it's going. Well, now it is later. And today we get to sit back down with the Benson family. So first of all, if you have not yet listened to episode 67, I recommend stopping this right now and going backwards in time to listen to that, where you will meet Dwayne and Rebecca Benson, who, along with their three boys, who are 9, 13, and 18, were about to sell their house and embark on an 8 to 12-month round-the-world huge adventure. Um, So in episode 67, we learn about how they were planning to afford it and how Dwayne planned to keep his job in Texas throughout it, what their goals were, what their fears were, and essentially what their ultimate plan looked like at the time. Fast forward to now, they had made it all the way from Texas down to Southern Chile when I caught up with them to see how their trip was going. And here's a fun fact. You'll also get to hear about how and why I actually got to cross paths with them in person in the Santiago airport. There is a classic traveler story that goes with that one. Uh, So again, if you haven't heard episode 67, or even if it's been a while, you might want to go listen to that first because nearly all of the questions that I asked them in this episode are a direct result of the things that we talked about in part one. All right. I am so excited to get into this. So here we go for part two with Dwayne and Rebecca Benson. Hey. Well, hello, Bensons. (laughs) What's up, Jackie? How's it going? It's going great. (laughs) We're loving Chile, that's for sure. Last time that we talked, I was living in Argentina. You guys were living in Texas. <laughs> I'm now living in Mexico, and you guys are in Chile, which is one of <laughs> my favorite places. So yeah, let's get going, because now I'm like, well, are we even going to be able to fit all these things into you know uh, <laughs> one episode? Seriously, I had so much fun just reliving our last conversation, and this is actually super cool because we have finally met in person, which is so exciting. Hey. 
even though it was super short. Although with the time frame that it was, I don't know that we could actually say that that was our true selves. Five <laughs> <laughs> in the morning and we're all like zombies. <laughs> I think we showed up at the airport at 2.30 in the morning and you showed up at like 4.30 or so. <laughs> yeah. And I I had been traveling for like a day and a half already at that point. And, but it was really neat to get to cross paths with you guys there in that airport. I'm, I have a feeling that story is going to come up. <laughs> in one of the questions that I have for you. So we'll save that one. So yeah. Okay. So tell me, let's start by just catching up with where you guys are quickly. Let me know where you have been to get to where you are just itinerary wise, because originally when we were talking about your itinerary, you weren't going to leave till the end of July for one. Um, <laughs> yeah. Which I already know that that changed. Um, your plan was was Costa Rica, Ecuador, Peru, Chile, and then maybe Argentina and maybe Galapagos while you were in South America. So, or Latin America. So let's uh, revisit that. And, and why don't you let us know what really happened? <laughs> so we ended up leaving early because we sold our house quicker than we had thought it would sell. And it was more expensive for us to rent a place in Texas than it was just to head straight to Guatemala. So Guatemala, we started, right? Which that changed too. <laughs> <laughs> but we found a Spanish school there that was really affordable and it was going to be cheaper for us. So we said, let's just go to Guatemala and we'll take Spanish school. So Dwayne was only able to stay there for 10 days, but the rest of the family took four weeks of school in Guatemala. And then we had one week of exploring Guatemala. And then we went to Costa Rica. Um, we were there for about five weeks. Um, we went to Panama for about a week. Then we went to Nicaragua for a month, Peru for about a month and a half. And then we've been in Chile for almost a month and a half. So totally different than our original itinerary, but things change and you hear things um, from other travelers about, we weren't going to go to Nicaragua and everyone kept saying how amazing it was. And so we're like, well, we need to go to Nicaragua. So we just took a, jumped on a bus and headed up there. So we keep changing plans last minute, but it's funner that way. <laughs> That's the beauty too, of, um, of not having a set plan on that note. We had discussed the whole round the world ticket thing before. And aren't you glad you didn't do that? Oh, so glad. <laughs> then you're, you're, you're locking yourself into a plan that disallows you to change that without a fee, without a penalty, without something that you have to change, you know, but if you yeah. just kind of, you know, fly by the seat of your pants, which I know you were also sort of planning on doing that, um, <laughs> you know, you're, you're flexible to these changes and you're always going to meet people along the way. I mean, we call it like the traveler's circuit, you know, uh, you're constantly meeting people. You're always finding out about new places to go, things you should see uh, that you can really only find about find out about once you're there, once you're actually on the road. So of course yeah. your itinerary is going to change. Of course it yeah. is. <laughs> <laughs> For we're, sure. We were just talking about that right before we got on the call with you too. One of the things we learned just is not over planning, you know, allowing, not that we're like super planners anyways, <laughs> actually we're pretty bad planners. Um, but it allows you to say yes to other things. Um, because you haven't, you know, locked yourself into, you know, a set plan or a decision. 
So it allows you that that freedom to go explore a different country or to go to somebody's house that you didn't expect to or, or whatever. So just the idea of not over not over planning allows you that uh, that ability to you know be a little spontaneous opportunistic yeah sometimes that can really pan out well and other times it doesn't (laughs) (laughs) you don't sound like you know anything about that okay one question real quick before we get away from where you've been what uh spanish school did you end up doing in guatemala so i think that's interesting yeah, there's a school called Antiguena. It was in Antigua, Guatemala. And we absolutely loved that town. There's so many Spanish schools there. Um, and so it, we just found it online at, that we did find ahead of time, just so we knew we'd have a school that would take the kids. And um, and so we got private lessons. Each person had, we each had our own teacher and it was so cheap. It was dirt cheap to get private lessons. And then we lived with a lady um, a Guatemalan lady and she cooked for us and she was kind of our mama for a month. So <laughs> yeah, she was so little and cute and sweet, but <laughs> she was about two feet, two feet shorter than I was. <laughs> oh, that's so great. Guatemala was when I traveled through Central America in 2007, uh, I took three months and backpacked from Panama city up to Mexico city. And Guatemala was the most surprising country for me hands down. I ended up staying about a month there. I had no idea just how much I would like it. And I think it just has this magic to it. I'm not quite sure. And there's a lot of adventure as well. I really appreciated the highlands and the activities that I did there. Um, but I loved Guatemala. And so I know I was an advocate. I saw when you guys said, Oh, we're selling our house early, you know, and like, where should we go? And I remember saying, you should look at Guatemala because, you know, that's, you, I, in my mind, you can't go to Central America and not go to Guatemala. It's such, it's yeah. such a magical place. It's very, I mean, every country in, in Central America really is so different from the next. And I'm sure that you experienced that, but Guatemala is one of my faves. So I'm so glad that you ended up going there. Yeah. It was killer. And, and that was the shortest place that I've been actually not, I guess not shortest, but that was. I was only able to be there for 10 days while they were there for a month. He had to go back to work. So I feel a little gypped because it, (laughs) because it was early. We had to, you know, I had my vacation and trade days all set for like what we were talking about in July. And then we changed those plans. And so I had to take some more days off and I couldn't get that many off. So I was only able to be there for 10 days. So I really feel gypped and want to go back. (laughs) We had what one of the best things about what the kids and I got to experience was there was a a friend of a friend who heard we were going to Guatemala and she said, well, my friend's from Guatemala and she's going to be there. So why don't you guys connect, which Guatemala is, you know, a country. And if you say, oh, you're going to Guatemala, like there's not really a chance you're really going to be close. But uh, we, we met for, she, she messaged me and said, do you know what? I really love my country. And if you want me to take you around the country and show it to you, then I will. And we said, well, (laughs) meeting a stranger, like getting in a car with you and spending a week with you, of course we want to do that. So we jumped in a car with this lady and her two kids, and it was the best experience having that insider, like a Guatemalan driving us around Guatemala and 
just getting to experience it from her eyes. She showed us, here's the local food of this community. And it's not like anywhere else in Guatemala. It's only in this community. And we have to try this. And um, just showing us little secret hidden spots. And it was just an amazing adventure. And I'm so thankful just that we said yes to something that sounds crazy. Like, no, don't get in cars with strangers. But um, <laughs> it was such an amazing experience and one of the best weeks we've had. So it's it was really um, an awesome thing about Guatemala that uh, we got to see a lot of that just through a local's eyes. Amazing. That's, yeah. that's what you get for saying yes. And yeah, I mean, I'm sure that you weighed your, you know, weighed the options and the safety and all of that. I mean, it's different yeah. when you're traveling. I just landed in Mexico and accepted a ride with a guy who decided to take me into town to the bus station that I needed to go to from the airport, you know? And I mean, I think people, people will hear these stories and be like, well, are you crazy? Like, do you know what could have happened? But I think there's just a a level of, okay, we're here. I, I'm no, I know this person now. I understand where I'm going, what's going to, you know, what the consequence, whatever it is, you know, you kind of go through all these things in your head and there is something there that just says, yeah, let's do this. Like, this is an opportunity. Um, so good for you for saying yes. That's, that's a great feeling about people a lot. We've said, definitely said no to people who are like, Hey, get in the car with me. We're like, Nope. (laughs) Yeah. We don't need a ride. You know, when we actually, um, we'll need a ride in five minutes, but (laughs) not for you. (laughs) Exactly. I think it's so different too. Like once you get on the ground, like you you can have these exaggerated fears, or you you throw around a lot of what ifs before you even get there, or or get into the situation. But once you're there, like you said, you can you can feel it out. You see the person's eyes, you hear their tone of voice. Like it just it makes it so much different when you're actually present. You know in the country with that person, like it, it, it's just different. You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's why you don't tell your mom about these things till afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> yep. You that's know, absolutely. because you know, it's going to be fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay. So another question for you, for you, Dwayne, actually, um, how has it been I mean, I know you just said you felt gypped. You just missed out on one of, you know, an amazing experience in Guatemala. Um, how has it been going back and forth? Because you've had to do it, what, three or four times, right? How have you been coping yeah. with that? Um, not well. No. <laughs> <laughs> I go through a minor depression every time I leave the country that we're, we're in. Um, no, but in all seriousness, um, besides that first trip back, it's been okay because they've been such quick turnarounds. Um, but that first, that first time that I had to return home because it was unplanned. I was, I was by myself. Well, not by myself. I had, I was staying with some friends, but I didn't have my family with me for about three, three and a half weeks. And that was really, really tough for me. Um, for one, I don't know if we can actually get into this now, but there was so much jam-packed in that first two weeks of the trip that it was just kind of um, a little bit discombobulating. <laughs> we um, we had to go to the hospital one night with Micah because we thought he might be having appendicitis. Oh, 
Um, and, that was and, fun. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. <laughs> that was um, that was a day before I had to leave for back for the U.S. Ugh. And so I had all these this apprehension in me, like, man, do I do I snatch them away and I take them back with me? You know, I don't want to. <laughs> it just it hurt like to leave. Um, and by the time I left, he was feeling a lot better. It turned out that it wasn't appendicitis. And I'm glad we didn't have the doctor slice him open, which he wanted to, but we said, no, we're not. We need some tests before you cut him open, please. Yeah. (laughs) But then the day that I got back or two days after I got back, um, we had been letting Noah walk to a local coffee shop. And for anybody that's in Antigua, Fernando's is (laughs) is an awesome coffee shop. We love it there. And uh, the dudes are 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 great they have great chocolate and great great coffee and i want to go back just for them too <laughs> but anyways we had let him we, we let him you know go from our house to the coffee shop so he could do his studies or write or draw or whatever and coming back or on the way there one day um he actually had to kind of get into a fight to defend himself no uh, yeah, well, not really a fight. He had to throw, throw a punch, <gasps> which ended. Um, Is this a good here, thing? Like, was he okay? Yes. Yeah. After the guy stopped bothering him, he started following him and would not leave him alone. And then he start, he hit him from behind. The guy following Noah. Noah's trying to ignore him and saying, no, thanks. You know, leave me alone. And just tried to ignore him and go that route and walk quickly away. And the guy would not leave him alone. And he hit him from behind, so Noah just turned around and punched him. Oh my and God. I'm so proud of Noah. I got really mad, but then left him alone. Heck yeah. But we took self-defense <laughs> lessons right before we left, and we're like, hey, it worked out. It came in handy, you know. It was but, more just like precaution, but to have to, you know, for them to use that within the first two weeks of leaving <laughs> the country, it's like, oh, wow, what else are we going to experience for the rest of this <laughs> oh that's really but surprising. I was at, I was at home, it was, though. Yeah. yeah, it was very surprising. I, I, was, I was at home, and I get this text from Rebecca saying Noah had to get into a fight. And immediately, you know, your mind goes, what the heck? You're like, oh. he's, This kid has never been in a fight. He's never been in, in a his fight. Life. He's not violent. He's, that, he's, you know. that he's told me. <laughs> <laughs> but, but he was able to defend himself. And that was also a good thing, just knowing that, okay, you know, he's, he's okay. You know, I don't have to always be so afraid for everything. And Antigua is very safe. And so it's not like that's a normal occurrence, but, um, the guy was probably drunk or, you know, just something, mm-hmm. something weird going on and he wanted something from no one. So, um, but that's not the experience that I had, you know, <laughs> here I am thousands of miles away and I can't be dad yeah you know and yeah he's 17 he's he's almost you know legally a man but just the idea that somebody would like violate my kid that way like it gave me it gave me a lot more empathy for for people who actually go through like terrible terrible stuff but you know I, I felt very helpless at that point like, yeah, no like, kidding. I'm so far away and I can't go over and punch this guy in the face. You know, like, <laughs> yep. I need to go find this dude 
I, I couldn't leave and I wouldn't, and I wouldn't be going back to Guatemala either. So it wasn't like I could go try to find this guy, you know, for better. Like, or for worse. I had, <laughs> yeah. I had, I had to step away from it and really, really come to grips with the idea in a real sense that my kids are not my own, you know, <laughs> you know, from my, my faith tradition, like the idea that I don't, own my kids you know they're they're gods and i'm i'm here to steward them and i had to like take that back seat and know that like god loves them more than i do like he loves them more than loves my kids more than i do and knowing that like he's their protector not me you know like it was <laughs> it was a very difficult I, I've said that before, but to actually go through a situation where it's like I, I I wasn't able to be there to be the protector, to be dad, like it forced me into realizing that in a in a a lot deeper sense. That's a huge lesson. I mean, that's and that's it's scary too, you know. But at the same time. Yes. Don't you feel also a sense of pride for Noah being able to stand up for himself? I mean, that's oh, incredible. So that was the first thing. <laughs> I think it was the first thing I told him. Um, you know, good job for protecting yourself. Like he did all the right things. Yep. Yeah. He didn't. He didn't just engage and try to you know punch the guy out. Like he was walking, and the guy was following him. And he's like, man, this guy's kind of creeping me out. And he's following really close and it's not crowded. So he crosses the street to see if this guy was actually following him. Yeah. The guy crosses the street with him, you know, and he's, and he turns around, hey, stop following me. And the guy's like, hey, you want to fight? Blah, blah, blah. Starts cussing at him. Noah turns around, tries to go away again. Guy slaps him in the back of the head. Noah turns around and punches him, pushes him down. Don't mess with Noah. Yeah. <laughs> he can hear you too. He's got a grin on his face. Okay, so we're we're gonna include uh self defense classes in our prep for family international family travel. <laughs> and they were a lot of yeah, fun too. It that, was really fun. That yeah. was our uh, that was our Mother's Day activity. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. You know, I, I have taken to, I don't know if I've mentioned this on the podcast yet, but I've done a couple of Muay Thai classes in the last year and it is so much fun. I mean, you could look at it as sort of the same thing. I really feel like it's for me, I I look at it as almost like I could use Muay Thai on somebody if they're messing with me, you know? Um, but it is fun. I, I do recommend that if, if, uh, yeah, I think we can easily recommend that for, um, people who are going to be traveling solo or, you know, kids, anybody really self-defense is important. So good for Noah. Good for Noah. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. So that's been tough for you and I would not expect anything less. It was very tough. Yeah. So, okay. So many things. I know that you didn't know um, what your schedule would look like going forward because you don't get to find that out until this month. Have you figured that out yet for work? Uh, partially. So I, I have my vacation days set now. Yeah. Um, that's just within like the the last like three or four days, I found out what days I have. So now I have to figure out 
the days that I need to trade and actually trade with people. So there's kind of a, there's kind of a sense of what, what days that I'm going for. Um, and the days off are all in the spring. So it worked out really well. So you're planning now to stay on the road then, uh, for the next, do you have a foreseeable plan for that? Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> <laughs> that's uh that's a great question <laughs> we don't have a plan in place yet <laughs> oh that's okay remember that whole bit about not over planning yeah uh, so. we sometimes wait till the last minute <laughs> where are we going next uh so we um we have just been talking i we have absolutely loved this and we talked i know on the last podcast about fears we have and now I have a new fear and the fear is going home and going back to routine and living normal. And like, I don't want to do that. I just want to keep going. Um, so we've been just discussing like how, what can this look like? Can we do this every six months? Maybe, you know, like be normal for six months and then do what we're doing now for six months. And we've even been talking about, um, I've been talking about getting a vehicle that we can camp out in if necessary and just going back, getting a vehicle and just driving south because we have loved Central and South America so, so much. And so that's been thrown around, but we're still looking at tickets to get over to Indonesia. So we're kind of all over the place right now. Um, but something, we're going to do something. We just don't we know do what something. it is. <laughs> Yay. Okay. That means, you know, that we, of course, have to have a part three of this. So <laughs> this is so exciting. I love it. And that doesn't surprise me even a little bit. It really doesn't. It surprises me a lot because my fear originally was because I'm, I was kind of a homebody. Like I was fine just staying home and um, not going places. And, and I was like, you know, I, I think I'm going to get sick of changing. Cause I like consistency and things to be the same in my house. Like I, I just like to know what the plan is and to know what's coming up. And I didn't like spontaneity very much. And so, um, so I thought going into this, I was going to get sick of it real quick. And I even thought, what if I just need to go back? And that hasn't happened. There was one day that was really, really rough for me. And for about half an hour, I felt like, okay, I'd just like to have a home again. But that was half an hour out of six months. I was but. just going to say, <laughs> really? That's really <laughs> nice. That and that was the only time. And now I don't want to be normal ever again. And so it's completely, I've, I didn't know this about myself. And I wouldn't have known if I hadn't have jumped into this crazy adventure plan. And now I'm like, this is me. This is, I want change all the time now. And I don't know. (laughs) I don't know why, but it's just such a fun, amazing adventure. And I've loved it. So I didn't know that about myself. (laughs) That's amazing. Really. Um, I I have to say that I relate 110% to that. I mean, you don't, the thing is you don't know. None of us know. None of us know. We, until we take the steps. There's no way that anyone could tell you what you're going to feel once you do it. You have to do it for yourself. 
and you're going to keep learning. And that's the beautiful thing about all of this. And I think that that's probably what we're addicted to is there's so much out there to see and do. And we grow and we learn and we change and we experience and we become better for it. (laughs) It's addicting. Yeah. So good luck with that. Yeah. The problem (laughs) is you just need to see more and need to experience more. And it's not, it's not possible to do it in a one year trip. You know, that's why I'm like, this needs to be our life. (laughs) We need to never stop. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're talking to a girl who's living in Mexico now. So, you know, I, I get it. I totally get it. That's really exciting. I am excited for you that that's, that that's the answer, even though you don't even have a plan yet. That's okay. I don't know what I'm doing in a month either. So it's, it's just, uh, something that I think comes with the territory comes with the new neighborhood that you're in, you know, (laughs) it's ever evolving and that's okay. That's kind of the way that we like it. So up to this point, I I still have so many questions for you. Um, up to this point, we just got through Guatemala only. That was the first country. (laughs) I know. I know. Um, so just in general, and I know we just talked about a couple of kind of crazy things that happen in Guatemala, which it kind of blows my mind that those things happen within the first two weeks. Like, of course they happen within the first two weeks to try to scare you guys off or something, you know, and, and stop you from going forward or whatever it is that these, um, at least that these things are, you know, going on. But, uh, apparently you got through that. Um, so what is, what is the worst that has happened? Have you already talked about it? Is it one of those things? Uh-huh. You know, what's crazy, what we were talking about is every time something that could be really horrible happens, it turns into a total adventure. And so, or at least a really good story. And so like looking back, there's nothing that we're regretting or nothing we're wishing. Oh my goodness. I really wish that didn't happen. Probably the worst is my backpack getting stolen. Like I wish I had my computer back and, you know, things like that. Um, But out of that, Noah and I got to ride in the back of a police car listening to like classic rock with these <laughs> rocking out with these squished in the back with the cop. And, and then they backed into a motorcycle while we were in the car. It was really exciting, actually. <laughs> and, and then we also, out of that, that's the reason we got to meet you, of I course, know. because um, we had you, I mean, at, just for the sake of the listeners, I know you know what happened, but we, remember? Um, <laughs> yeah. remember you should tell this whole story, tell the whole story about how your backpack got stolen though, because this will be helpful for people to hear. So we were in, we were going to cross the Peruvian border and go into Chile, the um, border right there. And we got off a bus in Peru at the last town and um we piled all our backpacks in a pile and a few of us went to the restroom and there was a couple guarding the backpacks and <laughs> a couple of you guarding the backpacks. <laughs> no, I didn't, I didn't name names. I didn't say who. It wasn't the youngest kid or anything, but. Or Dwayne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> okay, so it was Dwayne and Noah, the oldest men. We're watching the backpacks. <laughs> and the rest of us went to the bathroom. <laughs> You can delete that part out. <laughs> We're not deleting that. <laughs> so a bus comes backing into our pile, like almost. You've been in Peru. You've seen how the Peruvian drivers. Oh, they're crazy. Yeah. <laughs> not just the drivers, but the bus drivers. And so we're in, we're in this bus You can't terminal. trust. 
Peruvian drivers. You and, can't. you know, you have this huge bus and he's... That was a stereotype. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Certain Peruvian drivers. <laughs> but he started backing up and he was flying. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at the bus, making sure that it's not going to run into us. And that is when the guy we see later on the security cameras, he sat down there. It was crowded. There was people everywhere. And he just casually sat down next to the backpacks and he didn't even look at him. He was looking the opposite way, but his foot, he snuck his foot over to my backpack and just looped his foot around it scooted it very slowly and carefully over to himself. And then he, he had a jacket that was like sitting on his lap and he just casually threw the jacket over the backpack and stood up and walked off. And he had my backpack under his jacket and it was like the most, the smoothest. He probably, I mean, he does it every day, probably. I don't know. It was just very well thought out. He, we think by looking at the security cameras, he had a guard on the lookout, um, somebody else watching, Ugh. and he waited until the bus was backing into the backpacks, and Dwayne was distracted, and so it was just very well and thought out. The and bus so, driver was okay. probably in on it, too. It was probably oh, a team effort. <laughs> yeah. He's like, I'm going to back right into there and make your make your move right then. So. Well, I mean, we sh- we probably should have moved anyways. We were That was where they were parking. I mean, they they did it multiple times. That. I don't think the bus driver was in on it. He probably was. <laughs> bravo to those other two because they they were pretty smooth in it, you know. So what did they get away with? It, this was not your big backpack with your clothes in it, right? It was your smaller one. Oh, it did have my puffy Patagonia <laughs> jacket. That was the only clothing item, and a very special to me Peruvian hat that I bought from the woman who made it. But oh. other than that, it wasn't. It was my computer. It was my, of course, external hard drive because I kept those together because I'm brilliant. And um, <laughs> I had my backup of my computer on it. But it had like all the electronic things, so like the Wi-Fi booster and um, all kinds of just all the electronic things that I needed. And a Peruvian visa. Oh yeah, our visas to get out of Peru because that's a little piece of paper they don't stamp your passport. That was in mine, but luckily the passports weren't in there. Um, it had all our credit cards. Um, it, I had Dwayne's credit card because that morning. He, they needed a visa and I had a MasterCard to pay for the hostel. And so I paid with the visa and we were in a hurry. So I just stuck it in my wallet. That was in there and some money. Um, and so all our credit cards and my ATM cards, Dwayne had an ATM card left, but um, he was leaving and I was going to need that. And, um, and so that's where you came in. That's where you said, I'm coming to Chile. What can I bring you? And so we had our credit cards sent to you. I know, you know, but for your listeners, we had our credit cards sent to you. And then we met in the airport so you could deliver them to us. And that was one of the most awesome things ever, especially because the day before we met up with you um, in a Arica, uh, Chile, yeah. uh, right. the ATM card got eaten by the machine. We're like, wait, 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 wait. No, we really need that. And so there was no way to get it back. It was destroyed. And so, yeah, you came and saved the day with our ATM card and credit cards. So Talk about awesome. timing, though. <laughs> that is one of the hardest things is getting cards because you can't just have it mailed to you overseas. That does not exist. Yeah. When, <laughs> yeah. when Chase writes you that nice email and says, don't worry, we've sent it to your address <laughs> in the United States. And you're like, oh, that's great. That helps yeah. me zero <laughs> right now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, that's totally definitely amazing. happened to me. So I get it. I feel you. No, that timing was, could not have been better. And the fact that we both randomly were arriving in Santiago on the same exact morning 
worked out perfect. I know. It yeah. was like meant to be. It wasn't so. super random because we had we were going to arrive in Santiago like a day or two before. And then, we didn't have our tickets yet because we we're last minute. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, and so and I had already so, told you by then when I was arriving, right? Yeah. So <laughs> we we hadn't bought our tickets yet because we weren't sure if we were going to Santiago even. We we didn't know if we were going to go to Iquique. Um, you know, like I said, pl- planning Santiago or just go south to Patagonia. <laughs> yeah, we were kind of. We didn't know. We were we were in this post. Peru, like little funk that Erika totally like healed, and so we were like, <laughs> "All right, where can we go? Like, we, options are open, you know. Like, let's 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 go somewhere, you know." So we kind of postponed our planning, and actually it ended up working out because we had that ability to arrive the same day that you did. And I mean, I, I've told you thanks a few times, but. It was that was very uh, that was very helpful. Very gracious. Don't don't yeah. I I get it. I mean, people have been doing this for me for like thirteen years, so I totally get it. You're welcome, and I'm only paying it forward. Thank you to everybody who's helped me in the past because I get it. Like as a traveler, it's just sometimes we're completely helpless and we need other people. So yeah. Um, okay, so let's uh, turn the tables a little bit. And um, what is the best thing that has happened? Mm, so many things. You're going to end up having to turn it into... <laughs> Ten hour. Like, oh, <laughs> what comes to mind? What are some things that come to mind when I ask you that? So the best, I think some of the best, we've had a lot of amazing adventure experiences the kids have made lists of things you need to do before you die and they're just listing all the things they've done (laughs) and it's just been really like this is a lifetime of experiences all packed into six months and so there's been a lot of that my personal favorite things though is the times we've been able to connect with people living in those countries and when they just seeing their heart and seeing compassion they've had even for us, you know, and it's just been so amazing. One morning, uh, Nicaragua, we're in this little village and we, we wanted to stay. There's not a lot of adventures to do on in this place. And actually we found this place because of you. Um, it was that volcano on Ometepe that you climbed. And I looked at your list of things to do in Nicaragua and we're like, let's go there. <laughs> and we found a place. We ended up staying in that little village um, that the that, that trail starts in. And we just got in that village and absolutely loved it. We loved, we got in the community. I mean, we were invited to a wedding. We helped with wedding decorations. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Part of, we made friends of these like sweet little ladies who were making um, empanadas on the weekends. And we just became, we just fell in love with these ladies and visited them every second we could (laughs) heard some of their story and just got to know this lady. And she's had like seven children die. And just to hear these like heartbreaking stories and get to know the struggles really that, because it's a really actually a poor community that we were staying in. And um, there was this one lady we were walking, um, the, actually those two ladies were supposed to have breakfast. They were selling breakfast that morning. And so we walked over there for breakfast and they're like, oh, there was no ripe plantains in this whole island. And so we, we couldn't make it. It's a special soup local to them called bao. 
and they couldn't make the soup. And so we were walking home. We were kind of looking like, oh, what do we do? There's no, not a lot of restaurants. There's a couple, but nowhere was open. And so we were walking along and this lady sees us and she's like, are you looking for breakfast? And we said, yeah, we are. And she's like, you can come to my house. We said, do you have a restaurant at your house? She's like, no, but I'll make <laughs> yes. breakfast. And we're oh. like, oh. And, and so we went, we just said, okay. We went to this lady's house. She sat us down. I mean, her kitchen is a dirt floor and just, you know, the, just not, not what you'd see in the States for sure. And she is making us this like rice and beans. And she has a couple of eggs in the house. I'm sure she's making us like. She made us some gallo pinta right there while we were waiting. Yeah. Yes. It was amazingly delicious. But you could tell she wasn't doing this out of her abundance and her wealth. She's doing it out of a gracious heart to help these hungry people. When obviously, I mean, we could have bought some food and went home and made made it ourselves. She's like, there's hungry people and I'm going to feed them. And it was the sweetest, sweetest thing. Um, it was just so kind for her. And then she feeds us this like chocolate corn drink. She's <gasps> like, do you like it? Yes. She sent us it back home with us. And she sent us rice, I think, that she had grown herself. And just like she's sending us home with gifts. And we're like, we really, we offered to pay her. She's like, no, this is a gift. This is for you. I wanted to do this. Because, you know, just as a gift for you and she wouldn't accept anything. And it was just those kind of experiences that's happened quite a bit. Actually, it happened to us today. Um, Things like that, where people are coming, not definitely not out of their wealth, but out of their kindness and just loving hearts. And it's been really, really awesome to see. Like she did, she wasn't giving out of her wealth. I just want to repeat like what Rebecca said, because it was like, yeah. She wasn't giving out of her wealth. She was giving what she had. And that's what made it so meaningful was she was giving what she had. You know, it wasn't this 10-course meal in a hotel. It was in a a dirty kitchen that had a killer um, passion fruit tree, (laughs) passion fruit vine (laughs) that provided the shade just outside a pig kitchen. walking around pig in the walking house. around <laughs> dirt floors dirty dishes like it was it was just a killer experience not your five-star whatever do you hotel. know what else struck me about that was she wasn't she didn't let the fear of these people have better than me and so i don't want them to bring them into my lesser <clears> house <throat> she didn't let that stop her. And I think a lot of times like people knock on our door and we're like, Oh my goodness, my house is dirty. No, don't come in. Or we won't invite people over because we're like, well, they have a mansion, you know, they don't want to come into my little dirty place. And, um, but she didn't let that stop her. Like she just invited us in and said, share with me my life. And we did. And it was beautiful. Yeah. I think that that's huge. That's huge. It is huge. It's such a, what a lesson that we can all take from that. No. Mm-hmm. I mean, to have just asked you, what's the best thing that's happened in the last, you've been traveling internationally now for six months and that's what you came up with. And look at what that gesture meant to you. And now all these people that are hearing it, it's incredible. Yeah. That's awesome. Those are my favorite, favorite, favorite things about travel. And those are the exact things that you can't find in a guidebook. Yeah. You yeah. can't. Yeah. And nobody can tell you that that's going to happen to you. Nobody can tell paint that picture for you, but that's what's, yeah. yeah. But those are the things that you discover. Yeah, 
Absolutely. The kids have been making different lists and Noah has a list of unique experiences that just don't happen to everybody. And there's a lot of really cool things on his list. Oh my gosh. I hope he shares that list with us. Oh, he's got it. We could uh, send it to him. Are you going to publish it on your blog? We should. We, We have not been writing at all. We really need to put things on there. Yeah. Okay. Well, if you do send me the link, cause I am okay. <laughs> curious to read that. All right. Um, that actually, so, okay. Back to the questions. Cause there still are so many, um, that actually leads me into another thing I was wondering. Uh, sometimes we, we have grand plans and you know, we're going <laughs> to, we're going to write blogs and we're going to do math and schoolwork and all these things. And then we hit the road and life happens and there's no Wi-Fi and whatever, whatever, whatever. And so I wanted to follow up with you about, uh, like how's school going for the kids and, and have you done the history research that you mentioned? And are you keeping up with the things that you thought you were going to do for school? Is, is that happening? They are doing, we're doing a lot of history stuff because we'll go to museums or we'll go, like we were learning um, about the Mayans. And so we went to Tikal and um, we went to a traditional Mayan village and were invited into this family's home. That's one of the things that was unexpected was um, we went into a, a home and saw a traditional Mayan dance. And we just had a lot of that history. And then we were listening to a book on um, Audible about Mayan history. And so we did that. And then when we came, went to Peru, we learned about the Incas and we tried to, we were reading a book about the history of the Incas and then went to Machu Picchu and, um, just different sites, you know, so we're trying to learn by doing a lot of times. Um, and for science they are doing, I think we probably mentioned last time we were going to do science journals and the younger two are doing that. Noah's doing an online science course. And so I was like, you know what? You're okay. He's like, please don't make me do that. that He's doing a science course online and um, not doing that. But the other kids have some uh, notebooks going in where they're drawing the animal and they're writing about it. and um, Or they, they're allowed to write about the volcanoes and things like that. Um, harder is, yes, because there's not a lot of Wi-Fi, is getting the actual classes, like the book work classes done. It is happening slowly but surely. Um, they are getting it done, but they're not... Um, quite as far along in that stuff as they should be, but like their Spanish language lessons uh, because they have to speak it to people every day. That's going good. And learning about the history of different cultures is going great. And um, just learning about people, humanities and all that. We're of course doing all of that. It's just uh, the math is lacking a little bit and that kind of thing. <laughs> Those American government classes kind of needs <laughs> to catch up on it. So Actually, yeah. he should probably come back and start teaching it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, that's good. That's really good because I know you had high hopes for the school and that is sort of an important thing. And so I definitely wanted to see, you know, if that was working. It is. We, we ended up signing. Noah was signed up for some online um, classes that he has to write papers for and read certain books and Um, We ended up signing up the younger two for those as well, just to make it um, a little bit easier, just instead of coming up with things on the fly that there's, okay, this is an actual lesson and do that. And so they are taking classes um, through a a homeschool website. And so they're actually Mm -hmm. taking those when we have internet access. So regardless of the classes though, there is a lot of learning that's going on. That's for sure. Yes. That's apparent. Absolutely. Yeah. Good. 
I bet you guys are learning a lot too. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. This is so cool. I'm so glad that's working. What a great model. And now you don't have to go back to school. You can just keep homeschooling and keep traveling. (laughs) (laughs) Nice. Well, now you know you can do it. You know, that's a huge step. Now you you can do it. Uh, Okay. So changing gears a little bit here. How did you do with your packing? Now that you can kind of look back and see about six months worth. Did you do a good Mm -hmm. job? We took a little bit too much, of course, everyone does, right? I've heard you say that. That's why I say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but we we did pretty good. There's sometimes we've sent stuff since Dwayne has to go back and forth. We've sent stuff back with him. Like when we were coming to Chile um, or to Peru, I think, we I sent back like shorts and tank tops and things that, I, that you need in Central America, but I didn't need um, here. And so there's some like switching going on, trading stuff. Yeah. Um, and so we ended up actually with a, a, our big backpacks with our clothes and then a little backpack with like the computers and whatever. And then we took, um, we have a, a duffel, a duffel bag with like some medic, medical stuff because we're kind of like hippie natural, like I use essential oils and stuff. And so it has all that and like emergency food. <laughs> and then we have another one that goes back and forth with Dwayne. If he needs to bring us like extra shampoo or, um, you if, know, things if like that. If we didn't have to bring the essential oils and some extra food, then I think we would have been able to get away just with Just our it. backpacks. Just our backpacks. Like, I feel like mine, I've actually changed backpacks. Um, oh. And I, I feel get like. a smaller one. Yeah, to get a smaller one, even. Um, a bigger day bag for me, but a smaller, uh, big pack. Yeah. Um, really? What, what did you yeah. start? Did you start with the 55? Yeah, I did. And you went small. Ugh. Oh my gosh. I die with the 55. Like if ugh, I swear, if that 70 was, could fit on a plane, <laughs> ugh, I would so own it, but it just, so what did you change to? I actually changed to a like a trekking um, photographer bag because um, the way that I was doing it, I had a little tiny backpack for my camera and microphone and stuff because I've been trying to do some videos along the way, and, and it just was it was taking so much room in the fifty five, mm. and it, it just it wasn't it was okay, but it wasn't really working for me so i wanted to kind of expand my uh my camera stuff as well and so i you know i went to the store and checked checked out some bags and wanted to protect my camera a little bit more um and found this one and it's it's like it so far it's working good so my my day bag is bigger bigger than the the one that came on the 55 so Right, that one's small. It's only a fifteen. Yeah. So I can always, I can always keep like one pair of, like one set of clothes uh, in that day bag as well. Uh, I don't know what it is off of uh, top of my head. I think it's a low pro uh, bag, but I can, I can get that too. It has little compartments for camera equipment, and, and he just shoves like he's got one compartment for pants and one compartment for shirts, and like he puts his clothes in there too. Yeah, actually, yeah, we should so let's 
let's get the name of it if you uh after after the call we can put it on the show notes page um because i'm curious does it open like a suitcase kind of like the far point yeah it does <clears throat> i think that yeah, is so that's key awesome. that's so key yeah, yeah <laughs> that is a big one yeah you know what i don't know if we talked about it before but we did have a top loader before just for like backpacking like in the mountains and stuff and i i just i don't like that setup where you have to reach through the bag oh it hurts my arms and my hands end up just destroyed from (laughs) scraping along the edges of the bag and oh man i can't handle it i'm done with that we came up with that suitcase design for backpacks yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Whoever, whoever did that. <laughs> yeah. And packing yeah. cubes. Use cubes too. And so, um, Dwayne doesn't anymore with his new backpack, but, no, Oh, never mind. Just kidding. Um, <laughs> and so we just pull them out. Like if we're, we're in this, uh, if we're going to be somewhere a while, we'll just pull them out. And those will be like our dresser is just our packing cubes. And so that works out really, really well because they fit nicely into that far point backpack so i think you know just like what we were saying before you start off with a lot more and so you're kind of for me i've kind of been downsizing as i go as well like man well i it's kind of like cleaning out your closet well i don't really wear this all the time and this can be used for something else so you can it's just like life like you you can really get by and and live abundantly on so much less than what you think you can truth and so kind of apply that to our our packing as well yeah so you're lucky we, that you're going all, back and forth too that you can swap things out uh, because that's so yeah true. yeah mm-hmm. that's that's true um, but if you, if you follow our Instagram, all of our clothes are kind of the same. <laughs> <laughs> I told you this. I don't believe you. <laughs> <laughs> if you're anything well, like me, you. I know the truth. <laughs> no. I <can> smell that. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, we, I definitely remember talking about this the first time that we chatted to just, you kind of just end up wearing the same clothes, but you know, such is the life of a long-term traveler. It's just one of the sacrifices and it's fine. You get by. No one cares, right? Nobody. Nobody cares. Uh, okay. Keep, we're, we're, we're trucking right along here. Um, so you mentioned that um, Noah has a specific diet and pet allergies. Are you guys able to keep up with that diet on the road, or has he struggled with that at all? We experimented when we got to Guatemala a little bit because living with people who are cooking for you, it's hard to say, here's my diet, and right. <laughs> stick with it. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And so corn, rice, and beans are really, um, especially corn and beans in Guatemala, there is just a lot of that. And so, and before we left, we tested a little bit because we knew corn, rice, and beans was going to be uh, big. Um, you know, in South and Central America. And so we tried a little bit just to make sure we were okay. And, you know, we're pretty much okay. And so he has been for the most part eating corn, rice, and beans and doing just fine with it. Um, And we did have, we 
we know that his asthma has been affected some because we, we went into a house, we stayed with somebody. One of those things where somebody's like, just stay with me. It's great. And it was so sweet and wonderful. They offered their house and we went to stay with them and they had a cat. Mm-mm. <laughs> oh, it was, yeah, it was in Peru. And, um, they had a cat and he really had a problem, much more of a problem than he would have if he was strict with his diet. Mm. And so we ended up having to leave that house, um, just because he couldn't breathe and it was really, really tough. But, um, but other than that, he's been okay. And he's hasn't had any real big scares with his asthma, um, except for that time. Um, and so he's kind of gone strict again and it's been okay when we're cooking for ourselves and we eat, um, a lot of chicken and potatoes because it's cheap. <laughs> our, our, our cooking is kind of like our packing. <laughs> we have over for dinner. Be like, Wait, chicken and potatoes. So that kind of gets tiring, but we don't go out to eat a ton, which is hard because we want to experience the food. And so we do like, we'll go and we'll share like the other day we went and shared crab over by the sea and, um, just things like that. We need to taste the local foods. And so we'll do that. We'll share something, but most times we'll just make it to try to stay cheap. And, um, yeah. And so it's been, when we're cooking for ourselves, we can, you know, get what we want and it's been fine. So there's just some times where we don't want to offend people. Yeah. Like today we were invited into a home and this man hands us what I thought was tea and I start drinking and I was like, Oh, what's this grain in here? He says, Oh, it's Trigo. And I was like, Oh, wonderful. I'm going to be right back. I need to take, I have celiac. And so I can't oh, have it. At all, but, oh yeah. my gosh. <laughs> and so, um, I ran to the car and I found Dwayne had brought me these, um, it's like a digestive enzyme specifically for wheat and dairy. And so I took that and so far I'm okay. And so I don't know, it, it takes 24 hours. So we'll see maybe tomorrow or maybe in the night I'll be having problems, but hmm. But yeah, so you just, I mean, there's those situations where you're like, oh, thank you so much. And you don't want to offend people. And so we have eaten things that we totally normally never would eat, but it's, it's been okay. So it's been good. Good. And, um, yeah. I have to ask, cause we talked about this last time. Did you end up finding a good home for your dog? There was a girl who, <laughs> um, a family wanted him. There was a, a girl with autism and she needed a friend, um, a dog who is very loyal and he's the most loyal dog you'll find. And so, um, yes, he went to a good home. It was tough tough finding that and trying to find somebody. Um, we didn't just want to like put out an ad and be like, here's somebody take him. And so we went through people who knew people and it was, we didn't know the family personally, but there was a girl, um, who said, yeah, this is a wonderful family and they will be great for him. And so, Yay. Good. I'm so happy to hear about that. Yeah. Well, okay. I think we should start wrapping up since it's already been an hour. Um, but (laughs) I, uh, I wanted to specifically ask, um, I know you, you mentioned the planning, not over planning already, but has there been anything in particular that stands out to you that you've really learned like as a family on this trip? I really like what the kids, we were asking the kids, um, like what, what has changed? What is um, different for you now? One thing that Micah mentioned was um, he said, you know, because there was that hurricane that went up through Costa Rica and Nicaragua. 
And we were worried about Ometepe and the village Balgue that we were in. And I was so concerned. I didn't know what part of Nicaragua it was going to hit and, um, and in Costa Rica. And so we were just, um, worried about our friends there. And Micah said, you know, before, if I heard hurricanes coming to Nicaragua, I really wouldn't have cared. He said, but now I was so worried about my friends and about the village. And I was really concerned with, um, what was happening there. And it just gave him an empathy and sympathy for the world, you know, for places he's been. And now it's, it's real to him. It's a real place with real faces and real friends and real people. And so that was cool. And Noah said something, um, really cool as well. And actually he's sitting right here. If you don't mind, if I could have him. Oh, hi, Noah. Oh my gosh. He's been there the whole time. (laughs) Hey, Noah. Hi, how are you doing? That's good. How are you? Pretty good. Kind of what I was learning was, or kind of what I learned was that um, anywhere you go in the entire world, people are, there's going to be good people that you come across and you meet. And there's like a 100% chance that you're going to meet people you don't like who are pretty, pretty nasty people. But it's equal chances that the people you most that most of the people you meet are going to be good people. And uh, a lot of times you hear on the news or something that this place is going to be dangerous. And you start to think, you start to think that everybody in that place is that way, but it's not true. It's like most, even in dangerous places, most people are going to be friendly or at least kind. I love that. Um, actually, we we just came back from uh, from Patagonia, you know, and and one of the guys that was on our trip just said that for him, something that really resonated was a new understanding of the human condition. Just that he could be so far from where he calls home, but that he finds such similar characteristics in people from where we were in Chile and Argentina, you know, all over the world. And that it makes the world seem a little smaller knowing that he shares that connection to a place with people in it and, you know, real people. And, and that that makes him optimistic. You know, those, those were his words. And I think that's exactly kind of what you're talking about is, you know, we are all, we're all human when it comes down to it. And you can't, you can't generalize any one nation um, according to the things that you hear, especially on the media these days, you know? And so I love that, that, um, that, that has, has stuck with you, that, that, that that's what you learned, Noah. That's amazing, especially yeah. because, you know, you're, you're young and it's only going to get better for you now that you know this, you know, and you continue to travel and you continue to have that hope um, in people. I think that's amazing. Yeah, for sure. And um, I think what you said about what Micah said too, Rebecca, um, that is exactly what you said at the end of the last episode of our first interview. You said that you wanted your kids in the future when they hear something on the news about what's happening in whatever country that they will not just you know, let it go in one ear and out the other, but that they will stop and say, wait a minute, I know those people and have that empathy. And I love so much that this is exactly what's happening. Yeah. So cool. 
like when when you think of like your favorite movies like what are the, what are your favorite movies there's always there's always something bad or there's always something to overcome there's always difficulty there's always there's always that thing that you've got to get over you know and, and i think if we if we build that into our lives the idea that risking something makes for a good story when when something's at a risk of of loss it makes for a good story no nobody wants to hear the the boring story of oh yeah i make a lot of money you know i have a great car like <laughs> that that can be kind of great for a minute but then it's, it becomes boring you know so if you don't want a boring life like risk something like you can you can put yourself at risk of loss and that that will make for a good storyline in your life you know yeah and i I love that you said that. I actually, I was, I was just thinking about that exact thing this morning. Um, I just wrote a post actually about fear and, and facing fear, being brave and overcoming things. And it doesn't happen unless you risk something that the the equation doesn't even exist. If there's not something scary there. The way you say that, that's so good. Like, it, it doesn't exist until you put that, that element put yourself in, that in there. Exactly. Yeah. And because you're risking something that, me- that means so much to you, your reward is that much greater. Yeah. You know, the bigger the risk, the bigger the reward. If it's a huge thing that you're putting out there to try and overcome, when that happens, it's going to be that huge. Your reward is going to be so much more felt because you put so much out there to begin with. Yeah. If there's nothing at stake, then it's a bit worthless. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like there's no value in it. Yeah. There's going to be something at stake for there to be a, a, a great story or a great life. Mm-hmm something, a great lesson, whatever it is that you're going to come out with the outcome. Yeah. That was a great post, but I read it. <laughs> oh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll link to that here in case anybody is interested. Gosh, you guys, this has been so fun. It's been really fun to follow your story. Let's remind everybody where they can find you. I know you've, if, even if you haven't been on your blog, you've been on Instagram. So why don't you share your Instagram again? It's the same thing for our Facebook, Instagram, and in our our blog site. Beforewefinish.com. Uh, Instagram is before we finish. Our Facebook page is before we finish. Yeah. <laughs> Everything is yeah. It's, okay. It's kind of fun becoming the the running joke in our family. Everything is now becoming <laughs> like oh, before we finish this. <laughs> <laughs> so, what are you guys doing for Christmas? Before we finish this interview, that's one thing I wanted to ask. So we are actually um, going to Houston for Christmas, which is crazy. Cause that kind of um, was maybe going to happen, maybe not, because we were going to go to Thailand or Indonesia in January. And the plane tickets are so much cheaper to go through the United States anyways. And so we said, you know, maybe we'll just uh, take a couple weeks. Dwayne has to work anyways. And 
Um, so we were thinking maybe to take a couple weeks, um, there and the kids, it was so important, especially for the kids to be back for Christmas, um, and to be with cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents. And just to spend that time with family, they have been, um, feeling they've been definitely getting closer to each other and meeting new people. And it's been awesome. And they though are just kind of feeling that, um, you know, that twinge for home for Christmas and, um, just a, a little bit disconnect from their friends, of course, because they haven't seen them for six months and, yeah. and family yeah. especially. And so they were just really, really gunning for that. They don't want to quit the trip. They, we say, are you <laughs> feeling to stop the trip? Is that they're like, no, 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 no. We just need to go back for Christmas. We need oh, to see cool. them for Christmas. Yeah. And so that's been really, really, um, important to them. And, um, and it has been a little bit difficult for them to just not have those outside friendships, the consistent friendships with who they knew before. Um, that is, I mean, that's the trade-off that we, we've factored into it though, too. I mean, they're getting these amazing, great experiences of, of building new relationships with people who don't speak the same language. They don't have the same culture and they're, they're fighting through that. You know, they, they've learned some Spanish and they're, they're fighting through that and they're getting to, to know other people, but there's a, you know, you, you can't really go super deep and have a, a super meaningful friendship without that, that history, you know? So yeah, they're, 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 they're missing that component of, of being with, you know, cousins and cousins and just that idea of being, uh, connected emotionally to, to, you know, friends and, and family. And there's something about Christmas that just makes you want to yeah. be with your family and loved ones. So, so we're going to swing back through there. And then in <laughs> January, we're going to swing back, swing back through the <laughs> <laughs> and, it's, it's like we're taking taking just an extra different freeway to get somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll just head on we'll the, take uh, the scenic route <laughs> through, through Houston on our way to Southeast just, Asia. We're so. just going to go to Indonesia by way of the United States. So yeah, <laughs> maybe Indonesia wherever we go after, but we're going to go to Houston first and then maybe maybe for we'll a couple back weeks here and then. It, it makes perfect sense though. I mean, actually, when I last year when I was in, was it just last year? I guess last year. Yeah. When I was in Chile, I went from Chile to Thailand and I flew through Houston. So, I mean, you would be doing that anyway. So I think that it actually makes perfect sense in the, if you go by the skies, you know, so Uh that's kind of convenient that you actually want to be in Houston. (laughs) Uh So I get that. For, uh, for Christmas, it, it definitely makes it sense. It was more expensive to fly from, at, at that point, we were looking at Lima, Lima or Santiago, but it was more expensive to fly from Lima to Thailand or New Zealand or Indonesia. That's, you know, just that general direction. It was, it was more expensive to fly over there from here than it was to fly back to the States and to fly back over to, yeah. Uh, Southeast Asia or whatever. No, it'll be good. You can go back and recharge your batteries a little bit, you know, and get a little taste of home. And then I think after two weeks, you'll probably be ready to go. I think it'll be really interesting to see the culture shock <laughs> that the kids have um, when they go back. Because, I mean, they haven't, they haven't been in the States for six months. And 
So that'll be really, <laughs> that'll be interesting to, uh, to see how they manage that. Mm, I'm really curious about that too. Reverse culture shock is a yeah. powerful, yeah. powerful thing. I am very excited to continue to watch what happens, how the story unfolds um, in your lives. And um, thank you so much for sharing it with us. It's really fun. Um, at least I think so. And so um, I hope everybody else thinks so as well. But, yeah. yeah. Um, I can only hope that we get to meet up again somewhere. <laughs> maybe not at four in the morning next time. <laughs> and maybe for longer than an hour. That's right. A different time and for longer. That sounds good. Um, All right. Well, you guys, thank you so much again. And um, yeah, we will keep in touch. And I hope to talk to you again soon. All right. Awesome. Thanks, Jackie. I just love those guys. I find them so inspiring. I hope that you enjoyed that as much as I did. Um, And we all know that there will be a part three eventually. So we have that to look forward to in the future. For now, you can find the show notes and all the Benson's info at thebudgetmindedtraveler.com slash 76. Thank you so much for listening. And we do have another familiar voice coming in the next episode. So I will see you guys then. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.